Welcome to the unofficial official Liverpool podcast of the champions of Europe. <laughs> this is uh, this is your host Phil Bakke. I'm I'm joined by Pat Staley. I know it's been a, a little bit of a, a break for us, but I mean, Pat, how how you feeling? I feel good. It's like the the transfer market, right? Nothing but positive feelings right now. We don't have to roll out any new signings, any new two Red Gringos episodes. Um, yeah, feeling like uh, we won it six times. We won it six times. <laughs> and I love Ox's like mixture of slyness and smugness when he drops the uh, sunglasses down the bridge of his nose on that one too. So yeah, yeah the uh, the vintages, I guess, as they're <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to uh, according to Trent um, talking to talking to Ox in that kit reveal video when he's like Hendo's having a go at the vintages. <laughs> the ones that you love um but yeah no ox ox with the sly uh the sly we've won it six times in in an instagram story from probably one of the flyest just beach houses you'll ever see just spanish style beach house just chilling on summer vacation like two days yeah. after the final where where is ox we'll get to vacations later i don't but where is he is he I, like in la is it i'm not sure we know that's not england no, it's too no. much blue in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the weather's way too nice for that. Yeah, it's I'm not, not sure. Dreary. I'm not yeah. sure where Ox jetted off to, but I mean, between him and his uh, his girlfriend, like, I mean, the money they can spend on a vacation just just about rivals anybody on on Earth. I think so. Um, <laughs> they uh, we'll get to vacation soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, in the meantime, it's been it's been a minute. So, I mean, how are how are things down in uh, down in Mexico City? You know, keep on keeping on. It's I don't know. It's this struggling to come to terms with, you know, just the the weight and like the size of what happened. Yeah. Right. You know, because we for, <laughs> for years haven't experienced anything like this. So it was that, you know, we felt it coming. But then also, like, new elements are starting to set in, like, as I think about, you know, how different players feel. So, no, it's been a positive environment because really, you know, as far as this podcast is concerned, uh, that's about all that matters. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun few weeks just kind of digesting the uh, number six, which we'll we'll get to all of that here in a second. But first, we got to start out how we always do. Um, we've got our, our poisons picked. So Pat, which poison have you picked for the podcast today? Oh, nothing, nothing but Heineken, right? This, <laughs> we all know I'm a liar and, and, and I've, you know, definitely had other brews aside from Heineken recently, but I'm going to keep plugging Heineken for a couple reasons. One I feel like if we're annoying and persistent enough, like maybe Heineken <laughs> at Heineken MEX might throw, you know, throw a little cheeky two red gringo shout <laughs> away. Um, the other is just the the photo I discovered far too late of one Virgil van Dyke sipping on a Heineken in a post-match presser. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I was already all in. 
you know, just the whole <laughs> Champions League connection. We talked about this before. Of course. But no, yeah. Uh, as far as the two red gringos are concerned, it, it's nothing but heinies from here on out. <laughs> and when I say like the size, the size of this particular Heineken that Pat is enjoying at, at the moment is, I, I'm not going to say extra large, but it, it's definitely it's definitely sizable. Can we we can say tall boy, right? Yeah. That's tall a, boy for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna do a selfie mid episode and post it on Twitter for the. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna do that. Well, what are you drinking? I uh, I, I swung by Specs um, earlier in the week, and now I'm trying to clear out the fridge um, before I uh, before we we head out um, in the morning. So I'm enjoying Ooh. a uh, a Stone Enjoy by, uh, which always always a classic because they mix it up, you know, every time they come out with one. But this is an Enjoy by July Fourth. And so it's got a nice patriotic can. Oh yeah, um, which I uh, am in my own head just uh, chalking up to. This is a shout out to the U.S. women's national team at the World Cup. Uh, just having fun getting it done. So that is that is my uh, tribute to to our women's national team. Um, just kicking kicking ass over there in France right now. So um, so yeah, I've like- got the. The enjoy by a defiantly like when, independent double IPA. <laughs> of course, double. Yeah, that that really brought it full circle. As I give a shout out to a you know regional based Twitter account for a global beer that, by all accounts, and I might ruin it now. By all accounts, is pretty awful by by most beer drinker standards. <laughs> Meanwhile, you give a shout out to a very deserving. Uh, very deserving U.S. women's national team while drinking quality beer. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of sums up the two red gringos. <laughs> no, I mean, it is uh, it is a solid beer for sure. I'm enjoying it. But it's also coming in at a hefty, what is this, 9.4. So the end of this episode could get pretty sporty. You're yeah. not you're not making it to the airport tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to be responsible with these. It's going to take me like five of these tall boys to match out. <laughs> I mean, I I don't doubt that you could could do it though. Well, you know, I, I only have two, so I'd have to switch to <laughs> the Amstel Ultra European quality. European quality Amstel Ultra. European quality. Yeah, yeah. It's a full name. It's just full to name. just just to differentiate <laughs> from all of the like you know, North American quality beers, I guess, <laughs> for, yeah. for Amstel. But, they, uh, they put that on all beers in Mexico. You know, I pick up a six-pack of Budweiser, you know, regionally North, <laughs> regional North American quality. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of European quality, Liverpool oh. just a few weeks ago took home number six, uh, another European Cup for the trophy cabinet back at Anfield. The occasion was amazing. Liverpool today posted a video of of all of the reactions from a, across the globe, um, which was amazing to just see the level of support for the team. Um, so, I mean, everybody has their 
watch story. Like everybody has where they were <laughs> for number six. And and Pat, I, I feel like you are probably one of the more unique locations uh, on, on this list. Yeah, there weren't a lot of a lot of neutral fans. Not a ton of I, I actually think there was a Russian Tottenham fan right next to me. Um, (laughs) given the accent and the way he was cheering. Uh, But I was actually at what, like the resort Rodavento in Valle de Bravo, kind of like a little lakeside town about an hour and a half, two hours outside Mexico City. Um, So it was very quiet, and I'm like scoping out. We get there. We've had the trip planned for a while. To be honest, after the first leg of Barcelona, I thought, well, I'm not probably going to have to worry about this yeah. anyway. But <laughs> I don't think anyone could blame you for that, honestly. <laughs> it was actually out of my head. And then, I'm, you know, and then what happened right. happened. But so we get there day of. Um, nice resort, but we're staying at the adults one, but we've got like pass to like the, you know, the general ones where you can watch. So we're like, oh, we'll go hang out by the pool, you know, have a few, have a few beverages and I'm scoping out and I find this area near the pool that's like this 80-inch TV or something ridiculous like that. Uh, completely empty. But I start to see like sets of people like starting to sit and space themselves out on tables. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to grab something. So I had to run <laughs> over there. You know, my – now, fiancé made fun of me um, for <laughs> – for my urgency of sitting down there about an hour before kickoff. But uh, no, got a good spot. Um, You know, it's not the same as being surrounded by, you know, uh, the El Paso group or being in some of the the pubs in the larger cities. Um, But no, I mean, there's nothing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing to take away from from what we got to witness. No, and that's what I mean. Some of those moments, like I, I mean, I, I've definitely had those matches where you know you're traveling or, or out of town or something like that, and you those almost stick out to you more because you're not in kind of your normal, yeah, place and uh, the way you you enjoy it. You know, it's just it it I don't know it it'll always be kind of there. Um, that memory of, of that place as well, which is, which is oh, pretty yeah. awesome, honestly. And even after when we got back to our, our hotel, not far from it, like, I, you know, I remember I was, I was pretty trashed by this point, but us getting to FaceTime, <laughs> I think I tried to call Brian too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then you just spend the rest of the day connecting with the people that you didn't get to hang out with. So right. it's just this lingering feeling that, you know, I think we're still going through, but, uh, yeah. now how is, what, what did I miss in El Paso? It, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, man. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a bit, it was a big, big, big turnout. Um, pretty much all Liverpool fans as well. Um, yeah. which trying to kind of capture that <laughs> and trying to really engage <laughs> with people, especially pregame and, and kind of yeah. at halftime, I was really trying to, to kind of introduce myself to everybody and just, just like, Hey, we're here every, every game pretty yeah. much. So, yeah. you know, follow us on, you know, fa- you know, like us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. You got to um, have business cards by now. I how, know that's how what don't I don't have business cards <laughs> is beyond me. I know I, I really should. Um, but yeah, just trying to get, to get everybody to, to kind of realize that it doesn't have to just be for the final. It can be like that, you know, week in and week out, but, yeah. um, but it was, it was a really great turnout. Um, and obviously, 
the the way the game the way the game transpired it was it was funny just experiencing it with with that large of a group because there's so many kind of different emotions that are going on all throughout and uh but yeah i mean it was really it was really special and and the especially for the guys you know that that kind of core group that's there every single game like rain or shine (laughs) doesn't really matter uh it was really really crazy um just when a goal went in it was one of those moments where it's like it started to to everybody you know came to the realization of this is happening yeah that's it and it was that there was just like I think we probably celebrated that goal for a solid like five full minutes um, <laughs> of just people. And it was just like each person, each, each different person you bumped into as you're just kind of like running around and like hugging people and jump. You know, there were crowds just just mass kind of joy, basically. And, and so, um, yeah, for for a solid five minutes, probably we were. We were still <laughs> celebrating, uh, and you were deep into the, you know, into the eighties before, uh, before things were, were fully settled down. But, um, yeah, at full time, it was just, it was just one of those like crazy moments. I think I'm most, <laughs> I think I'm most related to Verge's, to Verge's reaction at halftime <laughs> of just kind of hands over face, like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this is happening and it's, and it's real. And, um, and yeah, just just an incredible moment for not only, you know, the fan base that has been I mean, you're you're a great tormented. example, but yeah, I mean tormented <laughs> since the Hodgson Hodgson years and, and um, you know, hasn't felt anything like this, you know, for fourteen years. Um for the fan base to be able to enjoy it, but also for, you know, this group of players as well. I think we all have connected with this group um, in a very special way. We've obviously connected with Klopp as well. So just for this group to be able to have this, to now have tangible uh, proof of, of what they've put together and what they've, what they've built um, mm-hmm. and that they are truly one of the, one of the best teams in Europe. It's just, and for this season, the best team in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Um, yeah, it's just. It, it's an amazing moment for the whole the whole club and anybody associated associated with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's still I think settling in. Different reactions, different takes, but also thinking about you know the the greater impact in the context of what we had talked about. Where if we don't win, right, and what does that say about right? what Klopp's building, what he's accomplished, even starting to factor into, you know, ultimately his legacy as well. So those are the things that, you know, (laughs) they don't weigh on you, but you start to feel the the weight of how how important it is. Which is wild because, like, there's not many – I really don't think there's many fan bases where they – fret for how their manager is going to be perceived following a game because because most fan bases it's just well I hope he you know if he sucks then I hope he loses and he gets sacked and and we never have to see him again (laughs) um and and even managers who win a lot get that same treatment like 
oh, he doesn't get the job done or whatever. Yeah. Whereas Liverpool fans were basically like <laughs> the same, had the same mentality as Klopp of, of trying to, to get this, this monkey of, you know, six finals and all this stuff off his back. And, um, for him, for him to do it, uh, it actually was <laughs> weirdly a moment shared with the fan base, I think in that, you know, 99% of, of it, and certainly 100% of the sane supporters wanted Klopp to succeed and and it's just <laughs> it's just so nice that that he has he has this uh this feather in his cap now yeah absolutely the uh so i mean the reactions all throughout it's just obviously in liverpool it's been and Liverpool fandom writ large, like it's been a, just an amazing kind of reaction these last couple of weeks. We've just been consuming like every bit of video that's coming out of whether it's the, you know, (laughs) alternate camera angles or, or of the game itself or um, in the, the post-match celebrations or the parade, we've just been gobbling it up for, for the last few weeks, but the game itself a lot of people, a lot of neutrals, especially, and Barcelona fans came out <laughs> and talked about how the game, the game itself, the final was was boring and that, you know, basically Liverpool and Tottenham robbed, you know, Europe of a of a good final, quote unquote. What do you say to people who come out and, and say that the game itself was boring? Well, it's bullshit. Part of it, <laughs> it's not bullshit. It's it's kind of true. Like that's how finals that's how finals are played, mm-hmm. right? You know, we're we're watching World Cup final Germany Argentina, right? Like there are chances, but even I think with this Liverpool and Tottenham team, the the semi final just before it, really, like where where do you go from there, right? <laughs> right. I, you you can't match that in both in both matchups, so and, and that kind of took away from this notion that Liverpool and Tottenham were two of the best defensive teams in the Premier League, and you know Liverpool probably has more of a notion of a, 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 I think an attacking side obviously, um, but Pochettino wasn't going to set up to go like at Liverpool's throat and. The other piece of it is, is that, you know, when you start out with a <laughs> with a awarded penalty in the first minute, yeah. that score that completely changes the complexity of the game. So one, you can point at and say we're Liverpool poor, probably, but if we don't get that penalty in the first minute that we bury, I say we Salah <laughs> buries, <Yeah. laughs> like you don't know the complexity of how that game changes. So one, sure. yeah, finals in general are, but two, like this is the way. This was the way that final was going to go down, I think, from a very tactical, uh, cautious point of view from both teams. Yeah, and that's what – I mean, you're exactly right with the, the early penalty changes a lot. And I think the thing that there's, – there's basically two angles on this for me. Like, <laughs> the first being – to you know there were a lot it was a lot of Barcelona fans but it was people oh if it was Barcelona Ajax like this would just be the most you know beautiful final um 
And to me, to that, to that first, I would say, you know, you can speculate about that all you want, but if you want to play in the final, you have to get to it. Yeah. And all Barcelona needed to do was score once at Anfield (laughs) and they'd be, they would have been in it most likely. And they, and they couldn't do it. They, (laughs) they blew it. So yeah. Your your ability to comment on the final ended the second that Divacarigi buried the the quick corner from Trent. Like that was that was yeah. your the la, you know your involvement in the final is is over. Um, but the second angle is is that any of the people who who said that the game was boring or that you know Liverpool didn't go after it enough or or, or play you know fluidly enough. Um, would have had the knives out for Klopp if he hadn't gotten the job done in the final. And in basically the most pragmatic way possible, he got the job. Oh, done. yeah. So yeah. rather than criticize him for bottling it because he played too, you know, potentially if he plays too open, he leaves, you know, Liverpool o- open to um, to conceding a, a counterattacking goal, which Tottenham obviously, you know, did to City a, a few times in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I think it's just the, it's the, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't. And the bottom line is that at the the end of the day, I'd much rather be damned by people saying that we played a boring final and have the trophy than say, oh, well, we played great and have nothing to show for it. Yeah. And that's what we've been missing, right? It's not like, you know, what is Mourinho always played or praised for like winning, right? But he plays <laughs> the entire <laughs> season that way, right? right. <laughs> so if you go through the past two to three years of being arguably the most electric team in Europe, in one, completing a just the game, the match before, completing yeah. a, a comeback like that, then to be able to this is you know this is why i love my my 2 nil so much is that <laughs> we were never built for this right like early goal sustain a lead for you know the vast majority of the match and then slot home ultimately what's just going to bury them right we we never had the people the we never had allison we never had van dyke in a, in a partnership with matchup like that so right yeah uh, yeah so that's the other thing like the people that were bored Go fuck yourselves. It's not yeah. your final. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, before before we get to the uh, to to the the favorite content, as as there's been so much video um, <laughs> just f- from all angles of this game, uh, I do want to I do want to spend just a little bit of time because the game's obviously been talked to to death, the, like the game itself. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how sweet was it? for Mo to get that quick of a redemption oh. from from the final last season. I think that's that was like one of my only tweets before I just like shut down and because <laughs> it's hard to pay attention to these matches like tactically, yeah. right? Like Premier League into the season, you get a feel for things. Sure. But this, you're just like, you're, you're gripped yeah. the entire time. So for, uh, I, yeah, that was the last week. It was just like, you know, redemption, redemption for Mo. Yeah. After after what he had to go through last season, um, it, it was perfect. It was perfect. And speaking of perfect, the man who's come up when we've needed him most <laughs> pops up with another goal to ice the game. Divacarigi off a underrated assist from the boy Joel Matip. 
the Coutinho <laughs> replacement, <laughs> the yeah. Coutinho replacement himself, as Alan Allen would say. Um, but Div for I mean, as much as we were kind of going into the season confused about Divock's role in the team. Now at the end of the season, looking back <laughs> without him, <laughs> we wouldn't even be in the position that we are, uh, you know, not saying that other people wouldn't have stepped up, but in the, in the games where we've needed him, Div Div's been there to, uh, to pick the team up. And in this case, I mean, it's a brilliant finish. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which he's capable of. And it's yeah. almost like, let's be honest, like part of this, like, Divac Love was part of that almost like cult figure, kind of a little bit, you know, you say it jokingly, right? right. Like, oh, let's post Divac's like per 90 goals and assists because it's like every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> one in. But the minutes started to pick up. Right. The goals, the assist continued to where, it, you know, he's, he's not an 11 guy. It's not like you put him out there starting 11. Like what you have is just this blue chip piece of somebody where it's, it, it, it's just a part of them now, right? Like right. his goal scoring is just a part of him because you're not going to care when he doesn't score, but the next time he scores, it, it's amplified. So I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's not just the cult figure of Origi now, but it's also a legitimate, like, you know, super sub or something like that. Somebody that uh, not just can come off the bench and score, but <laughs> the weight of the goals are just, uh, it, it, the story doesn't make any sense. The, this Origi <laughs> season makes absolutely no sense to go from like, what the hell is he doing on the bench to, putting Everton down and just sinking their season yeah. to then the goals he scored later in the season. It's just, uh, I, I can't describe it. So I'm going to shut up. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to, to put the bow on, on Div season, the winner against Everton in, in the Derby <laughs> 90 plus six assisted by Pickford. Um, the, uh, winner at Newcastle, the second to last day of the premier league season, um, a brace against Barcelona and the second <laughs> and, and the second goal of the final to, to essentially, you know, win the European cup for Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I, there are, there are many great players in Europe that will never achieve a fraction of what Divac, <laughs> Divac Origi has achieved that, yeah. in in this season. And it, it's it's quite ridiculous when you round it up like that. But the bottom line is that, like you said, he he's just he's fit into that role as a super sub. And then I mean, in the in a game where he was handed an opportunity because of injuries and uh uh the you know unavailability of uh of Firmino and Salah against <laughs> European powerhouse Barcelona, he he pops Unreal. up with a brace. So yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> there's not really much that you could say to to make sense of it, but all you can do is just uh, just at the end of the day appreciate what an impact he's had <laughs> on the season, despite playing probably the fewest minutes of any attacker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the way he celebrates his goals. He just appreciates it. He's there enjoying the moment, appreciating. He doesn't want to get too riled up. Yeah. 
I will say, I will say, no one, no one's haircut is as suited to slow motion. Oh, as yeah. as divs when he's running away, cele- celebrating a goal, as the dreads are just flowing. It's it's a beautiful sight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so slow motion that- bouncing is great in general, <laughs> but for Origi, it's a different. It's a different feeling altogether. <laughs> so, I mean, we we talked like there is so much. Um, I don't know about you. I, I had the VPN up to be able to get use, uh, UCL no filter from BT Sport. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had to catch that as well. I, there's there's so much video and between the, you know, inside Madrid that LFC TV does uh, when they do their inside Anfield and they they did it for the final as well. So like all these alternate camera angles are coming out, all the all these different views of, of the big moments of the match and the post-match celebration. Um, the big one that that just kind of got some press out of the UCL no filter from BT Sport was uh the kind of high angle of Origi's goal that revealed Trent picking up the ball <laughs> after it <laughs> and, uh, and just punting it into the stands. Um, so I, I got to ask, what, what has been your kind of favorite moment or, or just one of those moments that you've latched onto um, as kind of your when, – when someone says – you know, six times, like, is there one of those that just kind of sticks out to you? I'm trying to think of how genuine I should be right now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say my real one slash fake one slash trolling for Heineken. But when I saw Virgil van Dyke with his champions league medal draped around him, yeah, casually sipping on a Heineken, that <laughs> That, that that was an emotional moment for me. That made <laughs> basically everything we've been doing on this podcast for years and my beer choices. That just – it made it all worth it. So I was going <laughs> to think of like other ones that we could rattle off, but I don't want to steal any of your thunder. So why don't you say yours and then we can uh, rattle off some of the other more – maybe – more heartfelt moments. Oh yeah. I mean, in terms of in terms of the just the reactions, um I think I think my favorite my favorite in match uh view was the um the reaction to Div's goal um from behind the goal where it's Verge and Allison like yeah. both dropping just like <laughs> Verge like slides on his knees or on his one knee and just kind of falls to his back and and Allison drops to his knees um and that that view just of the sheer relief of the squad and and just knowing that they that they'd accomplished you know what they set out to do at the beginning of the season like yes they came up short in the league by by a point but um to go back to Madrid and um and to go 
to go to, you know, the very belly of the beast, if you will. Um, you know, where the team that, that ended our hopes last season to go into their city and, and, you know, it's not, not their stadium. Unfortunately, I would have loved it to be the Bernabeu. That would have been (laughs) incredible, but, uh, but no, that, that reaction to me was just, uh, just kind of summed up, you know, what, what the team had been working towards and just kind of the, the culmination of, of so much work for the last, you know, eight months of the season and, and going back into preseason, basically, uh, you know, a year. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that for me was like one of my favorite in match, um, reactions. And then, I mean, there's so much going on after the final whistle that it's tough to pick. Yeah. Yeah. That the final footage, both without commentary and with, because it's just, not just even in slow motion, but in real time, it just feels so drawn out from the initial corner to any time Van Dyke miss kicks, you know, good things are going to happen. But then, <laughs> especially for falling, Origi, <laughs> falling to Matip, who just, you know, from out of nowhere, just like a calm little five yard pass yeah. to Origi, who, and then you, you almost hear, like, without the commentary, like this, like, I don't know if you hear it or just feel it or it takes you back to that moment where you you could, you know, you sensed it was coming. Yeah. But then uh, you, you almost sense the crowd like kind of welling up and then just this huge relief because that's, you know, that's that that Van Dyke angle is so great because that's, I think, what each and every one of us felt like, yeah. <laughs> you know, one elite, you're clinging, right? You're You're clinging to life as, you know, a moment for me was holy shit, son's going to dribble past Verge. <laughs> and, that, and that's going to be the narrative, right? Right. So, like, that that moment and then the Rigi goal, it was just like, you know, we, we've gotten past it. Like, yeah. it's done. It's in there. Now, Grant, then it was like, you know, after three minutes of celebrating, we're like, ah, oh, shit, there's still time on the clock. But, yeah. <laughs> There was, uh, there, there was too more than a few people that, uh, and, and I think we all kind of felt this. I don't know if it's something in the brain. I don't know if it's something in the brain that just you, after the fact you say, oh yeah, I I knew that it was going to happen or whatever, but there were, there were more than a few people that expressed to, to me after the final that as soon as Origi got it out of his feet everybody knew that it was in and that's yeah, like yeah. such a strange place for div to be as we <laughs> as we said uh you know him be, us being sure of a of an Origi goal is is something that we haven't spoke about for probably since the Europa <laughs> League run of of 15 um yeah. but yeah that that was like you said it was almost that moment of anticipation right before everything but right before it all all kind of went off and for it to to happen at the liverpool end of the stadium as well is just yeah absolutely special in its own right um i mean as far as the heartfelt moments post-match jordan henderson the captain i mean he's he's come come under so much scrutiny we talked about i think your tweet immediately or i think it was you immediately following was that Jordan Henderson is about to lift the European Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between Salah in the first minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, and after, after the match. Yeah. That, 
Um, but the video that came out of Jordan Henderson going over to his dad on the sideline, yeah, that embrace uh, broke him, broke me. Yeah, I was <laughs> just come on. There's not dry eye in the house no, with just that place. Completely in tears. So that that for me was was definitely one of the big moments post match. Aside from obviously the trophy lift itself, which which had its own. Slow mo, real time. Now packaged is the Champions League promo, and I did like the Costanza, like it moved feeling. <laughs> Just knowing the rage at its cause, because that yep. here, another reaction is that I've seen is that we have been everything that other fans were worried about. We have been absolutely unbearable. But I almost want to say it's like in a loving sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not seeing. The only people I'm saying is that we're being unbearable is from. Liverpool fans, right? right. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's within the context of what we earned, but that that's a reaction I like to see now. It's just this, you know, every week, you know, what, what are we coming up on the three week anniversary this coming Saturday, right? So yeah. we'll have, we'll have the other cycle of posts and then, Oh, I can't believe it's been a month, mate. And right. then we, we've got those clips. So <laughs> I, I love that lingering reaction because it, one, you get a chance to see all the all the clips again. Um, right. But yeah, the Hendo stuff, the, the Hendo trophy lift, obviously. Hendo and Klopp embrace the still image where they're yeah. basically in tears. What about the uh, from the parade? What's your favorite image from that one? That's because Klopp was like full. <laughs> he was in the zone. He was in like I don't know, like. By the end of this episode, you've got the 9%. I've yeah. got my six-pack of Amstel <laughs> Ultra European quality. Klopp was in, like, post-episode post of the Two Red Gringo Zone. Yeah, he had definitely appeared on a on a lengthy episode of the Two Red Gringos. That was <laughs> <laughs> No, his uh, – yeah. I, I The way that he reveled in it almost the same as a fan. Oh, yeah. Um, was just a joy to watch. Um I definitely enjoyed a at least buzzed, if not fully drunk, Virgil van Dyke taking over as the LFC TV correspondent <laughs> uh, midway through the parade. Um, him and Joe Gomez barely able to carry out a, a coherent conversation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I, I just really appreciated the fact that they were able to have the party that they deserved at the end of what has been an incredible season on all fronts, essentially. Um, so I'm just glad they got that. And that, that iconic image now of just the huge crowds on either side and all the confetti and everything kind of raining down, um, with the European cup, you know, out on the front of the bus, like it's just, it's it's just those things that the the club obviously deserves for its stature, um, and just kind of reasserting itself as a as a European powerhouse. But those players deserved yeah. that that type of of end to the season. Yeah, especially I think players like Salah, player like Verge, like Verge doesn't know any better, right? So like, where <laughs> it's almost like Origi's goal scoring now, like the. <laughs> Some of these players, like Fabinho, maybe even Naby Keita, like this, like it's the norm for them, right? We talked about that before. Like, I, we, you know, we we've been burned, we've lost. The, the players have that edge, right? And now this is where you're able to really go on, and there's not this lingering 
you know, finals worry over Klopp, right? Sure. The players have been on both the losing side and the winning side. So for especially for Verge, just to add to that positive narrative for him this season, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. Like Klopp counting to six, Klopp almost falling off, and Brewster having to like basically babysit <laughs> and getting a trash Jurgen Klopp and getting a beer poured on him for his troubles <laughs> by by yeah by his it's, manager yeah it's that, all perfect so I expect big yeah. things from from Brewster next season yeah absolutely and that's what I, I did love that the youngsters got to participate in the in the celebrations being named in the squad um you know for the first time basically they allowed all, all the the whole um, Champions League squad to be named for the match day squad as well. Um, yeah. Which just giving those young guys a taste of of what they're what's expected essentially. You know, yeah. What like yeah. the expectations at the club, um, and they get to partake in the celebrations. But it also kind of reminds them of the gravity of playing for Liverpool too, um, and just sets the bar. And I and I think I think the the guys um in there the especially guys like Brewster um that they're certainly capable of of carrying that on and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see to see what Brewster has to uh to bring to the table because with every we talk about this it happens a lot in soccer I feel like compared to compared to other you know it happens a lot in football compared to other sports but their highs are always balanced by by lows it 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 just Mm -hmm. it just happens naturally and and right at the end of the season um we have one of one of the the moments that i think we've both dreaded personally um but daniel sturridge uh and to a lesser extent alberto moreno but but (sighs) daniel sturridge his contract his contract was come on (laughs) Come on. Daniel Sturridge's contract was up uh with the club and and they've decided to, you know, kind of mutually part ways now. So, Daniel Sturridge uh leaving Liverpool after after uh I guess a full, well, five and a half seasons um at the club having joined uh in 2013. Um so or six and a half, six and a half seasons, I guess, um, oh, at the God, club. Yeah. So, Daniel Sturridge uh, departing. I know this is it, this is tough for you, but but your your reaction to to Studge moving on, heartbroken, heartbroken, right? Even whether it's you know when was the last time he <laughs> had double digit appearances in the season, but. We we just love him, right? Yeah. Seeing, and I think the the level of support and kind of the post afterwards were just like nothing but like mentioning injuries, but only in the scope of like this guy, one of the best strikers in the world when he was hot for that what season and a half or so, yeah. um, really hit by injuries, but just you know at at his peak, he's up there with with some of the best in the world too. So. And we got we got glimpses of that this season. We've had glimpses glimpses of it every season to just remind us of the player that he is. But you know, I've got I've got my Sturridge jersey on. I'll keep I'll keep rocking it proudly. And wherever he goes, 
you know, nothing but love to him. Maybe he goes off to, I think he could go to Spain and like hang out a little bit, score some absolute worldies like he did against Sevilla, but it just, (laughs) (laughs) that'll, that'll become the rig, the rig for him. But no, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to capture like, you know, this, this love we have for search is it, you know, part of his personality, part of like what he did accomplish and maybe could have accomplished over a longer period of time too. So, um, but no, it's, it's at either way, but you know, to have the blow softened by Sturridge walking off with a, as a champions league winner and with a medal, um, you know, wherever he goes, uh, nothing but love to him. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, his, it's, it's funny cause his tenure began, obviously he, he joins, in January and when he came from Chelsea I didn't I'd only seen him in in bits and pieces because he obviously never really got a shot at Chelsea um the way that that Brendan gave him a chance when he got to Liverpool um yeah. as as truly you know the number 9 or you know one of two strikers um when he was playing with Suarez uh and so when he first came in I w- I really wasn't sure of, of what we were, what we yeah. were getting. Um, I, the price wasn't bad. Obviously it was a, it was a fairly cheap deal and obviously he turned out to be a complete bargain. Um, yeah. but it was when he immediately came in and just showed the, the instincts and, and just the, the runs he made and, and the decisions he made in the, in the, um, in the attacking third were just different from what we'd seen from from guys not named Suarez, you know, yeah. coming through <laughs> coming through the team. So, um, yeah, he just made an immediate impact, and I think immediately endeared himself to the fans. The studge, obviously, the dance, you know, that's what, um, that will live long in the memory. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, just so many memorable moments and goals, despite the fact that we were robbed. I think of uh, you know, and he was robbed. Um, by injury of of so many potentially great years, um, yeah, where he could have been, you know, the impact player uh, and really changed our season. And unfortunately, that it it, did, it wasn't to be, um, except for yeah, you know, we we had thirteen fourteen where he he scored twenty, um, <laughs> and uh, and and then. Uh, you know, here towards the end, he's, he's had an impact in big games goals, you know, against Chelsea PSG. Um, and, uh, that final goal again, you know, against Chelsea, um, being the, the send off goal is, uh, (laughs) not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of his best and we even kind of outlined like, Hey, what, (laughs) what's your favorite Sturridge goal? And, his, I mean, how many players could have, this sounds a little bit cheap, but not to diminish it, but like in terms of like a YouTube highlight reel, right? They're, yeah. they're everywhere. Like anybody, everybody's got a five minute clip. That's like the same dribble over and over again. <laughs> but Sturge is, is about <laughs> four seasons worth of just absolute bangers with left foot, heady goals, right foot, chips, just rockets everything yeah. like that. So if I have to limit it to one, I still think his his opening goal against Sevilla in the in the Europa League final 
was just peak, peak sturge, just peak sturge, right? From out of nowhere, just a ridiculous goal. And maybe yeah. aside from that, what the just ridiculous chip was it against Everton? Uh, yeah, he had the thirteen fourteen. He had the ridiculous chip against against Everton. We well, had uh, a couple ridiculous chips, and then he but. had <laughs> later that season against uh, against West Brom. He he had an even more ridiculous chip where the keeper maybe wasn't, that's what I'm thinking. Of, yeah. Where the keeper really wasn't off his line, and he still chipped him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there there are there are some really great ones in there. Um, that that chip against West Brom stands out to me in terms of being able to pull that off is uh, incredible. Um, but the yeah, it's it almost added to how shitty the Europa League final was in the way that it played <laughs> out. Because if if they win that final, that goal gets like the attention yeah, that, yeah. It, that it yeah. deserves. Um, and so the fact that they they didn't go on to win, it just it they've robbed probably I that is one of the I will stand by that's one of the greatest goals scored in a European final ever. Because for him to from a the ball is stopped. The ball's <laughs> not moving. And he generates enough spin to bend it with the outside of the boot. From the far side of the box, inside of the inside of the far post, I, it's. I watch it back; it doesn't even make sense. It's absurd. Yeah, <laughs> like how we we've probably talked about this years ago, but yeah. like how many players in the world are capable of that? It's not many. <laughs> Few and Few. and in a in a European final, not like in training, it, not like. <laughs> It's yeah. absurd. It's absurd. And it's just, it sucks because it should be up there. Like, that should be shown with some of the great goals ever scored in Europe, and it just isn't. Um, but the, <laughs> I mean, aside from his goal scoring, too, you said, like, his personality as well. So his his social media and and then like the videos on LFC TV did you have a, a favorite moment <laughs> from Studge of the like off the pitch stuff yes <laughs> clear like far and away well i've got two that are up there but i'll do my <laughs> ultimate ultimate favorite was not even like a liverpool based one mm. it was when i think it was like part of like fifa and england promos it's him and raheem sterling and they're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. like almost like that Bezzy's kind of thing where like Sterling has to guess like what is Sturridge's highest attribute in FIFA, whatever it was, 16 or 17 at the time. Sure. So Sterling guesses pace for Sturridge. Now, granted, this is still like Sturridge in the midst of what, like 14, 15, 15, 16 injury, right. like in and off, but it's not like. You know, it, it, it's not as severe as it as it became. Um, so Sterling says pace, and Sturridge obviously says like it's my finishing. He's like I'm a finisher or something like that. Yeah. Um, so then Sterling kind of turns to the camera and says, "What's his pace?" And they say like seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sturridge is just like, just the look on his face because you know it's like. It's all bullshit. Like Sturridge obviously pace is not 
is not your defining factor at this moment. But then he's like, he's like, you're disrespecting my integrity. (laughs) 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 But as they're doing that, they come back and correct him and say, no, it's actually like 76 or something like that. So even lower. So just that, uh, listen, you could ever tell, like, it's just this, like, I don't know, just like, he's he's an actor like when he's on when he's on camera with that stuff too so that disrespecting my pace my integrity and just the reactions from those two um by far by far my favorite Sturridge media moment i'm uh i was trying to see if i could find the moment um the actual audio clip um but i can't i i can't pinpoint the moment in this nearly 20 minute video <laughs> um, is it 20 minutes lfc hip-hop mastermind a quiz a hip-hop quiz oh, that's given yeah, to that's sturridge and jordan ibe in the 2014 offseason wait what yeah oh i'm not fa- i don't know if i'm familiar with this one um yeah, it was during the 2014 tour. So it was actually when I when I saw them in Chicago against Olympiacos. Um, but <laughs> there's a moment where <laughs> he's they're they're having to answer questions about about uh, who performed who performed a song, um, and so they have to they have to answer these questions. <laughs> and oh you already found the clip of you already found the clip of the pace <laughs> hold on I'll, I'll i'll play this okay this all is, we had to google was sturridge and pace this is sturridge freaking out about his pace <laughs> i know that but you're rapid as well bro come on man you're don't rapid. disrespect my game like i don't even know i don't play fifa no more i've retired the so pad you don't know so how can you say shooting no because i was told he's shooting day two so what's his pace? Mm. <laughs> pace? 79. Don't disrespect my pace like that, bro. I'm minimum 80. Your pace is 76. Daniel's in the 90s, bro. Honestly, bro. 79, 76 pace. Whoever works. You're basically saying he's slow then. I'm one of the fastest strikers in the Premier League. We used to, to put 76. It's not the fastest. To put 76, to put 76 down there is an it's, it's a disrespect to my to my credibility. It's a disrespect to my integrity, to my name. Nah, I'm not having that. No, that's nah, I'm not having that's that. That's disrespectful, though. Whoever works at FIFA, they need they need five. <laughs> he calls for their head. He wants them sacked. Um, that's actually when I decided to blacklist FIFA when I heard about. <laughs> That's not true, but I want it to be. Uh, yeah, this is a. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I can't find it, but it's he answers a question, and rather than accept the fact that he might be wrong, <laughs> he questions the integrity of the quiz. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> so that that to me stood out as as the moment. But uh, but yeah, he's done those quizzes over the years with. Uh, I mean, Kleine was on that. Natty Klein. 
Always around anything media hip hop related. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. <laughs> yeah. Now, that to me was my <laughs> was my second favorite search <laughs> moment. Was the like, are you serious? Like Ed yeah. Sheeran, <laughs> Joe Gomez moment. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like we got that many options. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Studge, Studge never never ceased uh, never ceased to entertain whether it was on or off the field. Um, kind of feels like Ox is is occupying that in more ways than one apparently. But we'll uh, we'll talk about uh-huh. that a little bit later. <laughs> um, Studge though uh, had a I mean he he took his vacation in uh, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, so actually I take it all back and good riddance. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you. I was so where was I? Like first off, shout out to Phoenix LFC, one of my favorite LFC groups out there. Um but as I've said before, it's waning a little bit, but I hate Phoenix. You know, just <laughs> it's the people from the Midwest that were maybe a little too trashy to make it all the way out to California. That's the vibe I get at the Phoenix airport whenever I'm there. Again, nothing but love to the Phoenix OLSC. Yeah. Um, who are not, who are not trashy at all. No. I don't believe from the Midwest, but <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I'm in Phoenix for work. Sturridge, I find out through our uh, WhatsApp group of uh, LFC expat WhatsApp group that he's in Mexico city. He's in the Dulceria. He's down in El Centro. He might have been buying the 1920 bootleg kits yeah. near where I shop. So, <laughs> and then seeing him, you know, with, with tequila, mezcal, and tacos and all this, it was – that would have been it for me. Like had I been in Mexico City and checked Sturridge's Instagram story and see that he's near the Zocalo, I'm, I'm there in a New York minute. I'm there. <laughs> I'm stalking him. I'm looking for him for sure, and I'm I'm grabbing a selfie and hopefully getting a mezcal. And you know, <laughs> one thing leads to another. Maybe he appears on an impromptu episode of Two Red Gringos and tells <laughs> where he's going next. But I, yeah, like he's out there, he's going. Then he went to L.A. God knows where he is now. But uh, yeah, heartbroken that that I was out of town for business when uh, Sturridge was in uh, Mexico City. Yeah, we will. Uh... God. Yeah, you missed you missed Studge, and we will miss Studge uh, away from away from LS, LFC. It it feels like the end of an era. Um, I I do hope that wherever he ends up, he's able to to have an impact um, because that's at this point. Like, I just really would like to see him play regularly and just show what he can do. I think oh, yeah. I think Spain is a good is a good shout in terms of. Uh, the skillful, um, but maybe not as quick as he used to be. I mean, pace might be closer to 76 now, nowadays. <laughs> Don't disrespect his pace like that. <laughs> but uh, but still extremely good with the ball, um, more than a few times this season, uh, showing, showing his quality. Um, the third goal against Burnley stands out to me where he collected the ball and, and played it through to Mo. Nice little outside of the boot pass, um, and then Mo finds Shakiri for the for the dagger at Turf Moor. Um, that's that's one of the one that ones that sticks out. But uh, but I do hope he goes somewhere that that he can show off what he can do still because I think he can still add a lot to a team that doesn't have an absolutely stacked front three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned the bootleg nineteen twenty kits, and uh, so I think this is as good a time as any. We got to talk the nineteen twenty kits themselves. Yeah, right. Um, I thought that was a good little natural segue that we uh, that that I snuck in there. <laughs> no, that was that was solid, and and so I mean the the home and away are are out now. Um, so I mean, we'll start with the home. Uh, but your impressions of, of the kits that have, have come out so far for 1920. I go through waves. I go through waves. Like that initial kit comes out. We said it before, like it's in the hangar. It's in some room or something like that. The lighting's terrible. (laughs) I'm not, I don't think I like the home kit. I, I own it already. <laughs> oh yeah, you were, were you wearing it last time? At, I wore it at the yeah. final, uh, and then I, <laughs> I was uh, I was on the radio yesterday, and I wore it so that the host would basically be forced to talk about the Champions League final. Oh, well played. You're so, like my you're like my dad when he goes up to Minnesota. He wears nothing but Cubs t-shirts in the hopes that people <laughs> will talk to him about it. Um, but no, yeah, I was trying to brush aside all your recent accomplishments um, with, with anger. But I'll say this: I will, I will more than likely get the home kit, the legit one, right. Sala Van Dyke on the back, number six patch. Obviously, yeah, um, it's not bad, but it's just still so New Balance to me. Um, okay. The uh, we'll, we'll keep going. Your take on the kit as as an owner, as so, an owner, of the home kit. So I'll, I uh, I don't know. There, there's something about a that nice little those nice little pinstripes. I, yeah, I like them. I I'm a fan. Um, what about where they stop though, you don't want them going all the way up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, that's to me that's a very minor, very very minor offense. Like I think it just is kind of a modern, like a more modern take, I guess, on a on a old design because that is like a like a Crown Paints era. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> design for for Liverpool. They basically, I mean, it's interesting because they basically took. Um, not not this season's home kit, but but the season before. Um, and next seasons were really one design, um, with the kind of thick white collar, um, and the white bands on the sleeves. Like that was from, from last season. Yeah. That with pinstripes was the actual design from like 84, 85 or whatever the, uh, um, whatever the year was that they, a couple seasons, I think that was the, the like won the European cup, but yeah. Um, is it hard to get your head <laughs> through the, the nickel? I will say that, um, the, yeah, the, the collar is a, a little tighter than, than in past years. <laughs> um, I would, I would honestly say I, I went, I went a size up this year okay, and, okay. and that worked, that worked well, but okay, yeah. Size normally it would be a little it would be a little bit on the uh, on the snug side for sure. All right, but what do you feel design wise? I I really like it. Yeah, I 
It's one of those struggles back and forth. Like I, I still don't like the kit from this season. Like the home kit from this season, I just, I, I just don't like it all. Yeah. Last season's, I mean, as good as it gets, as good as it gets, any brand, yeah. anywhere, or no, not. I'm sorry, the season before, right? The, right. no wait, yeah, last season. Yeah, well, like the. Th- you like, know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, that one was that one was awesome. Um, but no, I, st- I, I, I still I wear. Like I'll come around to this one. I still wear that one. Like, that's what I wore that all season because I didn't get a home kit. Um from this season. So I did, yeah. I did the perp. I think you did the perp as well. So, Oh, I did perp. Yeah. Bootleg though. Bootleg. Well, yeah. Per- bootleg perp. But I mean, at the end of the day, the perp was the standout kit from this year, I think. Oh yeah. So that's the way I'm looking at these kits, right? Like the white one, I think is like real, it's real clean. It's oh real yeah. Nice. So yeah, let's talk about the away kit. So, um, it's the, the white, the white uh, design with almost like a purpley blue. Yeah, I like that. Like a deep, but blue, dark, real like dark, real right. dark blue with almost kind of a red orange kind of accent to it. Um, like not a pure red, but but close. Um, so what do we? You said it. You said it's clean. I I totally agree. I love a good a good a well executed white kit can be really good. Yeah, I'm thinking – here's the thing though. Like with the white kit, I don't know, like kind of the, the s- subtle pattern that's on it and those little arm sleeves. Luckily, the bootlegs I get here are pretty high quality. Right. So I, I'm not sure, but I think my brother already got the black goalkeeper kit, which, oh, is, good which is white's clean, black is fire. But yeah. I'm thinking if the bootlegs play right – then I'll definitely rock the white and the bootleg. I'll pay 250 pesos for that in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. Now, I mean, yeah. That I I think I think the away is great. Like I really like the home and and the away. Yeah. Um, like solid will will purchase both, I think, by the end of the season. I think whites I think both are purchasable. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, when you've got like, you know, the number six badge. Yeah. You want to verge? Maybe you go back to Hendo as the captain. You know, yeah. or or maybe you get solid anything, anything like that. I, so yeah, I still need. So I just I picked I picked a Sala on the back of my home for this year because I still didn't have a Mo. You didn't have one, right? Yeah. And it then left me realizing that I still don't have a Sadio. So Sadio, Sadio, it is on the white when that when I when I decide to make that uh, call. No, uh, no verge. <laughs> I'm extremely oh, torn. I know but what it's... you're waiting for. You're waiting for the third kit for verge. <laughs> buy that one. I get it. So let's okay. It. So it's time. It's time to talk about the third. So we saw the what supposedly is the third kit. Um. What what are your what are your feelings on it? Because I know, I know you had a a response that I I feel was tongue in cheek, but I can't really tell. I don't know how you haven't learned better, right? <laughs> I don't know if we have the other guy's <laughs> clip fired up where he's like, "There's three things I love in this world." <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What something Kylie Minogue? <laughs> oh no no no. 
the the dimples on the small of a woman's back. Yep. Kylie Minogue. <laughs> well, her incredible features. And look in the man's eyes when I'm about to hurt him, right? <laughs> there are three things that I love in this world. Legitimately. Akon, Heineken beer, and the accented color of neon on sporting kits. Come on. Will I? <laughs> guys, this is Don Beeman, an attorney for Mr. Urshan, Roger Wesley, head of his private security. Hey, how are you? Son of a hey, bitch! Hey, 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 Terry! <laughs> take it easy! That's the guy who took our guns, Captain. And my shoes! Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you identify yourselves as police officers? What is this? <laughs> Alan, tell me, did you? No, we did not. Sorry, gentlemen. We thought you were abducting Mr. Urshan. Sony protocol. Mr. Urshan has agreed to correct this. Uh, I would play this whole movie situation. if I had the chance. If taking care yeah. of all necessary paperwork. <laughs> we might violate some copyright laws with so that. At this point, you'd just be glad that Mr. Urshan is not pressing charges for excessive use of force. Yeah. Thank you, Captain. Australian? Special forces, right? <laughs> this is what you step, Detective. There are three things I love in this world. Kylie Minogue. Small dimples. Just above a woman's buttocks. Beautiful features. <laughs> and the fear in a man's eye who knows I'm about to hurt him. Hey! Shake your dicks. This pissing contest is over. <laughs> I will say, the that line, shake your dicks, this pissing contest is over, and Michael Keaton's look that he gives... Oh, the look at the end. ...is Oscar-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how he didn't take home award after award for, for just yeah. that scene... I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, know. that eventually, like, you know, so many of Denzel's movies before Training Day. Like, that <laughs> moment in The Other Guys for Michael Keaton led to eventually... Wait, did he actually win for Birdman? Uh, I know Birdman won. Well, anyway, like, I think, he... I think he may have. He found acclaimed success. He sure did, yeah. That was... But yeah, those are the three <laughs> things that I love in this world. Yeah. Akon, Anakin, <laughs> Neat. So... I I will I will echo the sentiments of uh I I don't know if well yeah we've we've acknowledged Merck on the podcast before but I will I will echo her sentiments on this in that if the kit was that neon blue but plain black without the patterning across it then I would be so on board it is it is just that weird pattern across that new balance just feels compelled to do on on one kit per season um that just they just lose me i don't know that it just yeah. looks i mean you you remember arena football does anybody <laughs> like I mean, truly remember it <laughs> Speaking of Phoenix, I think they had an arena football team. Um, but, Phoenix uh, probably still has <laughs> an arena football team. But that's, I don't know. It just seems so kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, the the pattern is not, is, isn't for me. It's just, it's not my favorite. You don't have to pull punches. It's heinous. <laughs> it's heinous. Will I purchase it? Absolutely. Here's where they messed up. The well, I'll purchase the bootleg, right? I'll, I'll purchase the bootleg. Well, yeah, which will be even more interesting to see how <laughs> atrocious that background pattern looks. Yeah. Why the standard chartered logo 
is also not blue right is is the biggest miss which i don't know if they can change the color of those front logos but you go to standard charter and say hey you guys were involved in some shady shit we're still dealing with it let's make the logo blue this season what are they gonna say they didn't even notice no no i but yeah They've made it blue in the past, I think, for uh, the first year of Standard Chartered and the last year of the Adidas deal, um, the old Adidas deal. They had a white kit. The with, white and blue, was it? Yeah, was Standard I Charter believe blue? Standard Chartered was in blue. What was that, 1112? Uh, yes. No, or, yeah, because 12-13 ushered in Warrior, right? I think twelve thirteen was the first year of Warrior, yeah. Oh, there's Good. standard charter logo in blue. Accurate. All right. Why? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Missed opportunity. <laughs> um, Missed opportunity. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what they what they finally come out with, but I I think that their efforts <laughs> I I made the joke when I saw the rumored third. That they get two out of three per season. Like they've they've done <laughs> two out of three. And honestly, for a kid provider that two out of three is not bad. It's not bad. I think I don't know, from a distance, right? Mid game, I think the third kids, you know, all black with a little bit of neon will stand sure. out. Cause before with the toxic toxic neon. Yeah, they did it all wrong. You don't go full neon. You never go full neon because <laughs> it defeats the purpose of what neon provides, right? Both black with a little bit of accents. That's the direction to go. I, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I think they need to find a way to work uh, that orange back into back into the mix. You know, tropic tropic thunder, as we called it. I'm down for that. Or, you know, instead of doing a retro kit, just say like, hey, we're going to appreciate some quality from a couple of seasons ago. All right. Quick fire question. Don't yeah. think about it. Next year's not next year. The year after, who do you want the kit provider to be? Go. I said in a poll, someone asked this question earlier, and I said New Balance. Woo. That's loyalty right there. That's, I don't. That's an LFC fan. <laughs> Only an LFC fan would commit to new balance it's it's a purely that's a purely like design thing though to me because it's it wouldn't be the most lucrative commercial deal because obviously the heavy hitters are going to be bringing a lot more money to the table and i'm not i'm not an idiot like i know they'll i know that that's what will win out like it does it does not matter um but being the flagship club on on a brand it has its perks, and I I think we've seen that over the last couple of years with some pretty some pretty solid designs that especially have like positive nods to the history of the club as well. Yeah, yeah. I in a heartbeat I go Adidas. Yeah, I do. Uh, there's this genuine as somebody that loves just going and you know, hanging out in stores and looking at kids, like that part kind of sucks, you know, like (laughs) one in El Paso, you you don't have like the, you don't even probably, maybe you get some Nike Adidas kits, um, in stores, you don't have the flagship stores, 
But even here where we actually had New Balance stores, they're all right. closed because, I mean, <laughs> I was shopping in the New Balance stores. But the kits they had were like three years old. Right. Even I reached out to Peter Moore and he was like – he actually responded and said, take it up with New Balance. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the cool aspect of – from a branding perspective. Sure. Um, which which it's kind of a key time, I think, for the club too to, to yeah. look at that. Um, and that's soulless and awful – but I'm soulless and awful. Um, so, yeah. And you can't trust when you mention Merck, you know, she's a communist. You can't trust her. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it is. I mean, ultimately, some of these deals we've we've actually talked about um, as, you know, it's been bandied about on, on Twitter a little bit. And we might get to it a little bit later. But a, a kit deal possibly enticing either players to stay because it turns them into what they call a 360 athlete where they're yeah. all of the branding that they're wearing is of the company that they're sponsored by. Um, yeah. So that brings us to kind of our next topic. Which, Sadio Mane? <laughs> uh, He's the new balance He is guy. the 360 <laughs> athlete. At, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, which I do love that that Sadio has provided <laughs> New Balance with a actual like like Bonafide. a a, a, <laughs> a good player that has just like that unpredictability about him um, because New Balance is the like white bread of sport of, of <laughs> athletic brands like they are the mayonnaise like that is <laughs> that's why their stores are closed yeah um but but as we as we look to the future so we're coming off <laughs> we're coming Wait, did you just call Saudi Omani mayonnaise no i called new balance mayonnaise and i'm glad okay. they have a little bit of a little bit of oh, a sauce bit of to mayonnaise. add to the yeah. mayonnaise they yeah. can okay you know like, you can I add i love a good like what like the Spicy mayo, right? Like that's what that's what I mean. Like there's something like that. That's like, good. But like New Balance, is, like New Balance is still mayo, but with with <laughs> Sadio, they're at least like a Chipotle mayo. That's the one. Right? <laughs> Can't go wrong with it. Like somebody, oh, I got mayo on the sandwich. It's like, oh, gross. You got Chipotle mayo on there. Right. No, it's exotic. <laughs> Sadio know, turns turns it from a mayo sandwich. to an aioli. That's it. <laughs> Maybe not like the full true aioli, yeah. but you know that really good kind of dipping sauce you Just get like, for your fries and some ridiculous. Uh, but no, I like we are in this kind of. I don't think we're used to this type of situation for Liverpool. No. So we're in this position where we're kind of we're negotiating from. We already have one of you know <laughs> a European champion squad, and now we're looking for transfers that will enhance it where right now looking across the squad as we head into silly season and, and all the things that come with it where are liverpool's needs in this transfer window Whew, i think i think we're all in agreement that if there's one position maybe we're not all in agreement but if there's one position that has the biggest potential for upgrade. Like if you just lay out the, the squad fully healthy, sure. everybody that's there, um, 
Well, I say that now, knowing you know Joe Gomez might be at another level, but I think it's <laughs> center back, right? Yeah, a proven like if you can pick one position to say strengthen your eleven, I think it's center back. Sure. If there's one position that strengthens the squad in general, I think we we're pretty much in agreement that it's some type of versatile attacker sure. that could play like striker or, or, or potentially on the wings. Um, so I think that, and that's where, that's just what we've been linked to. I mean, for, you know, kind of first and foremost right. um, within that, but yeah, it's, it's bizarre because I, we, do we care? <laughs> right now? Like, it, it makes sense. I don't know if it's Sam McGuire or somebody else that, that said it, but it's like, you know, Last season, we were heartbroken. Right. Announce something, lift spirits, put us in a different mindset. This sure. season, it's like, announce anything. Let's keep rolling out the three-week, the monthly updates on, hey, this time, <laughs> this week ago, we were, you know, we won it six times. So yeah. we're still in that mindset, but I think as it goes on for probably another week or two or, you know, definitely into July, um, then we're start saying, okay, what's what you know, Pierce, Joyce, what, what's going down? <laughs> we are in the thick of of Joyce season, uh, as we as we called it last year, I think. Mm. Um, but it is it it is a different situation because I mean, certainly we uh, we were um, hurting after the final, and and it was one yeah. of those moments where. Uh, I know <laughs> I was still in central Texas, actually. We hadn't even gotten to El Paso yet. Yeah. Um, and my my phone went off with a Joyce tweet because I had notifications turned on, obviously, during the uh, during the transfer window. And, and they announced that we had signed Fabinho. And, and it totally caught me off guard. Just- and just immediately was like, oh, damn, like, we're not wasting any time. Like, they're straight into the business as as they you know kind of had to be because it was such a disappointment in Kiev um but now we're not in need of of that mind-blowing kind of transfer necessarily because we are negotiating from a position of strength with all of these yeah. teams so, and and players so here's how a tune I am with just not just LFC transfers, but just transfers in general. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, City are interested in the $70 million winger I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Right? Like, awesome. Like, oh, like, Joyce retweets something about Mbappe, and it's like, you know, all the bullshit rumors start. <laughs> same old, same old. Right? I had no idea Matt Hummels is back to Dortmund. Yeah, and they paid money for him. They paid thirty-eight million. Thirty-eight million to get him to come back. How much did they sell him for? Did they lose him on a free? Uh, I no, I think I think Byron paid. I okay. want to say I would have to. I'd I'd have to check though. That was um, weasels. That is. Uh, yeah, Dortmund uh, feeling the burden from this season and and shelling yeah. out that. That Pulisic cash. Yeah, I guess they need some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing like reinvest. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if uh, if if Liverpool had gone out after selling Coutinho and bought um, Kiriakos? Don't say his name. <laughs> oh, I thought you were, were going to say Martin Skirtle. Skirtle. 
It would have been. It would have been the same Skirtle. It literally would have been. I mean, uh, Hummels is obviously a different caliber um, than than Martin Skirtle, but um, yeah, let's see. Uh, okay, so according to transfermarkt.com, uh, yep. when he went from Dortmund to Bayern, uh, Bayern paid forty three point three million. Okay. Okay. Oh wait, no. Excuse me. Thirty nine. All right. And so, so yeah. Dortmund paid now thirty five, essentially. Because Hummels has been what third kind of fourth choice you. for for Bayern. Um. No. He hasn't I mean, been he's, starting has he? He's played, but I don't know. Ever since last he year's World Cup, he's of, he's yeah. just been a little he's been a little like off the pace, I think, uh, compared yeah. to compared to where he was. And him and Boateng starting together was was a disaster because um, <laughs> they're both. I mean, they're both just they're both getting older, and it's just yeah. not. It, you know, they're just not at the same level. But yeah, <laughs> that I mean, I don't know. That just se- it still seemed ridiculous that he only like cars depreciate quicker than than Matt's Hummels did <laughs> for them to pay almost the full fee to get him back is just yeah like that's crazy ridiculous but um but no so yeah I'd, I'd agree with you that I think our our biggest area where we could and it's crazy to say given the season that the defense has had <laughs> yeah um you know I what did we end the season on we allowed 23 goals or something like that Ridiculous. Um, in in the league, so um, it's it's weird to say that we could upgrade at center back, but I do think as good as Joel Matip was uh, in the run in um, and having to play because of the injuries to to Gomez, obviously Lovren not really being available uh, throughout the season. I do think that adding another kind of clear-cut first-choice center back just adds that level of depth where no matter who's hurt, no matter who is, you know, unavailable for whatever reason, there's never that moment of, well, I hope this partnership works. Like, (laughs) we just need to get to that level where it doesn't matter who is back there. Anyone on the roster is capable. We know we know Gomez is health is, when healthy is capable, um, and it's just about adding that next guy. And you know if if Matip ends up being kind of the fourth choice guy by default, just because of of who's brought in, then that would have been, that would be um, that would just speak to the level of depth that we have, and that's kind of the the ruthlessness that we need to compete with the a team like city who, you know, at every position are like that. So that's just, <laughs> that's just yeah. kind of, kind of the state of things now where regardless of how good someone's been, we just have to get to a point where we're absolutely world-class all the way through the 18 that are named on any given match day. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, we, especially our front three, um, being healthy and all that—that that w- that's what leads us to this point where we yeah. need to say, you know, what if or even with that, like so many of the rumors, kind of, you know, some I, I, I kind of went back and forth with somebody on Twitter about like, oh, you know, you know, if, if we sign somebody like um, who was it, Pepe or whatever from yeah. 
Um, Lille. What do you play for in France? Lille? Yeah. Lille, yeah. So if we sign somebody like him, like to me, like you've got Shakiri as, you know, if we're looking at the squad, you've got Shakiri as maybe an easy backup to Salah, right? Mm-hmm. I, we still don't necessarily have it for Mane, right? We don't like maybe Navi filled in a little bit for him up top, but that's certainly not his position. Um, that to me, like if you want to bring in somebody as just like backup, like you, you maybe look first at like a Dembele, but do you, <laughs> do you spend like 70, <laughs> 80, 90 million on, on a like for like backup? Right? right. So that's why I see like, if it's like Pepe, like coming in and obviously Salah's position, Right. That to me speaks to like a little bit of a, a change up in maybe that reversion back or reverting back to a like four two three one, uh, which Klopp has always used throughout his career too. So right. that's the way I kind of see it. But I mean, I don't know. So many of them are like, you know, uh, say Maguire's done a ton of work on those those attacking players that could be like, who's the next like Mane Salah in terms of that step forward. Right. Um, but yeah, somebody like Pepe is like that's not necessarily a Mane Salah signing. He was what like the number two, <laughs> number two player in the league for them. So yeah. seeing that type of level kind of shows me it's a, it's some type of maybe tactical shift um, while also being there to have some type of uh, greater depth for the front. Yeah, the uh, the the compilations obviously make their rounds <laughs> during this time of year because it, it is. <laughs> everybody's trying to get a sense of how all of these players that they didn't watch throughout the season, um, (laughs) get a sense of how they play. Uh, the one, the one thing that did give me a little bit of, uh, heart in the sense that, you know, seeing that, cause I had not watched Nicholas Pepe, um, at all. I, you know, I'll, I'll own up to that. Um, but, (laughs) But watching the couple of compilations going around, uh, his movement is is what gives me kind of the idea of yeah, I could I could see like I could see how that would fit, you know, um, not necessarily even the the goal scoring, but it was just how he kind of sees space and and r- making those runs um, definitely gave me a little bit more of a all right, I can see why he's linked, you know, whether or not it actually happens. Um, I, I do think that, um, that is the, probably the type of player that Klopp would look for as far as depth across the front three or, um, or as you said, you know, as part of a larger kind of tactical shift. Um, but a player that, that we talked about a lot or that's been talked about a lot in connection with Liverpool, is uh is RB Leipzig's Timo Werner. Um, yeah. so I mean Timo we we had a, a a lot of discussions on on Twitter with uh with Babu Yagu about this. Sam McGuire's written extensively about Timo um on Football Whispers. So do you think that the fact the conversation around Timo has kind of quieted do you take that as the interest has cooled, or do you take that as Mikey Edwards is is doing his <laughs> doing his uh, air conditioned office laptop dealings? We don't know. <laughs> we, we have no idea. Like, well, 
it it wouldn't surprise me like that that is the type of signing that I think we need and I think it was both Bobo and Sam kind of talked about their the flexibility where I think almost like we see Timo Werner is like almost like kind of the out and out striker um but I don't think that's the case I think there's more flexibility and that a lot of the pieces that they've done have kind of spoken to that so you know, looking at the contract situation for him, I think that's probably why it's quiet um, as whatever works is worked out between him and Leipzig, like kind of internally. Um, but I imagine we got to start hearing some of that soon. Either he signs a contract or it lingers and then it will only intensify. Um, so I don't know if there's been any updates there, but but yeah, like though, like Werner seems kind of obvious because we talked about it so much. Maybe like the Nicholas Pepe one, just because that kind of seems to fit the mold or the target of uh, of an Edwards and a Klopp player. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I just don't. What, what else have we been linked to? <laughs> like, what else has been there? You know, aside from yeah. a little bit of like the like the like rumors about like he'll come in. Which you know he'll probably end up going to Barca, but right, the the that's really about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it it is a strange uh, kind of window in that there haven't been these big kind of rumor stories uh, going around. Um, but the one <laughs> the one connection that has gotten a ton of treatment from the conspiracy theory side of, uh, of LFC Twitter is <laughs> one Killian Mbappe. And, uh, <laughs> and, and one of, one of the, one of the, the real ones I'll say for the two red gringos, Stan, um, if, if you're not already following Stan and you're part of LFC Twitter, then you need to, you need to correct that. Um, but he asked, uh, when I asked what you wanted, what the listeners wanted LFC or what you wanted us to focus on, uh, <laughs> he said, live in the dream world uh, that Mbapp- these Mbappe rumors are, are, are credible. <laughs> um, the, the couple of clips that have come out, obviously Mbappe in LA um, for his summer vacation. Um, and, the picture of him just kind of dapping LeBron who's wearing a Liverpool hat. Um, and then, uh, and then an interview that came out that I just saw today. I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but when they asked if he's playing FIFA and he's got one game to, you know, to win a, a, a prize or, or anything like that, what team would he use? In no. FIFA, and he answered Liverpool. Play the Sturridge, you're lying clip. <laughs> I will I will play the clip for you now. <laughs> it is it is very real somehow. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, what basically he said because um, because Liverpool just won the Champions League, he would be that would be his choice. Um <laughs> But that has even more so fueled the uh, the conspiracy theories around us. Here's him answering the question about FIFA. We play one game and we bet, okay? 
What team do you pick? Maybe Liverpool because they win the Champions League. Oh, you uh. like Jurgen Klopp then? <laughs> he's good. In, he's good on there. Yeah, it's good. Okay, okay. <laughs> still in his Jordan. Yeah, still his in, Jordan PSG kit or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, still wearing a PSG basketball jersey. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is fueling the rumors. I saw a whole thread. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw this. But I saw a whole thread of the timeline breaking down basically all of the all of the little tiny things that mean <laughs> that Mbappe is joining Liverpool. It was a whole oh t- a God. whole tweet thread. Was of, it LFC Torres? Was it LFC Torres? No, it was not. It was it wasn't from like the typical troll accounts. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can find the. Uh, if I can find the culprit on on that one, but I mean, Mbappe is like obviously we're at a point where we can recruit from a position of strength, but a guy like Mbappe, that's just it's not realistic, right? No, of course not. Like one is just <laughs> <laughs> like he's you're talking about transfer market earlier. Like he is the most valuable player in the world. So if they quote him at 200 million pounds, it's, you know, PSG purchased him and it's like, holy shit, that's a lot for (laughs) a a kid who's done it like for a season. Now it's like, well, you know, this looks like Ballon d'Or quality. Like, (laughs) so no, no, like I'm not even going to entertain it, but uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous because it's a, it's a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, that that's what you that's what you, that's what it takes to get it, <laughs> right? So, no, like I maybe PSG needs the cash. I don't know. I can't see them shipping out both Neymar and Mbappe. But also too, like we're it, it, it's almost like the same thing. Like with the lit, like do you do you spend seventy million on him? Absolutely. Do you spend? If you want it, if you if it works out. And remember, we were actually it was a long shot then, but we were rumored back to him when it was like, oh, maybe it might cost 80, 90 or 100. Um, do you pay 200 from Mbappe? Uh, yes, I would say yes. Right. <laughs> like if I pay like cool 80 million for Pepe or 70 million for that winger that I'd never heard of from uh, Atletico that City wants to sign. Yeah. Yes, you pay the 200 million, but. Do you pay him 300k a week? No, right? Because that's what that's what shakes up the entire wage structure of a club. You can't, you just can't bring in these players. And maybe it's different, right? With the, it's almost like you can't come bring him in and pay him 250k when when Verge is getting 200, when Salah is getting 200, right? Kid hasn't done anything, right? And Mbappe, maybe it's a different story. Like he's kind of now this global global icon or something like that but still right. like if Mbappe comes in do you say all right you make 50k less a week than Salah well why does he take that when he goes to Madrid for 350,000 a week right when United will pay him a million pounds a week right so it's the wage structure is a real thing and I think how badly United are hurting just speaks to that even more yeah <laughs> yeah the uh I, 
Yeah, it is. I don't know. It, Madrid seems like the only potential option um, beyond PSG just because Liverpool, the way they do business now, are not going to completely upset the whole balance of how they've how they've operated and, and how they've built the wage structure and all this stuff for one player. It's just they've been burned by that in the past. Yeah, like we've been burned by it. And not to say, like you said, he is, you know, completely worth any absurd fee that would be paid for him. But it would in the in the in the process, it would completely mess with the balance of of the the wages at the club. And just it it just wouldn't I don't know. It's just not the type of signing that we've seen. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, and not to say that Liverpool wouldn't bite someone's hand off to get to get Mbappe, but uh, <laughs> even the rumors around around Delict and with him saying, uh, you know, potentially, and it is just rumors, but him saying that he'd want to be the highest paid person at the club, um, you know, if he came in and having a guy like <laughs> Mino Rayola as his agent as well. Yeah, um, come on, no. It's yeah. it's it's just not it's not the type of signing that that Liverpool's made. They've they've done business with that <laughs> with that group before with Balotelli and it uh it it was not positive. So, <laughs> um yeah. I I think I think when Liverpool announce their signings for the season, it will be um pleasantly surprising for the fan base in that it'll be It'll be stuff that maybe we didn't see coming, um, but ultimately we've seen <laughs> we've seen that's how the club has has kind of done business, and it's been refreshing from the highly public failures of the past. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I look forward to when when Liverpool announced their first signing, and it's someone that wasn't necessarily on the radar, but still gets that kind of you know. That that feeling down in the plums of uh, of of the juices going. Yeah, exactly. Just a real real good player on the way. (laughs) (laughs) But the uh, but yeah, I mean now we're we're in summer vacation mode. It's like we're not worried about transfers. We're 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 like the players. We're out here just trying to enjoy a nice a nice off season. And uh, and and see what we can take in. So I mean, the first question I have as far as LFC's off season is: Did Mo Salah actually catch that fish? No, he <laughs> swam. He dove in, much like Lovren. Dove in, convinced the fish to join him in the boat, and then he posed for a photo with him. <laughs> Before sending him back out to uh, live, go on and live his best life. So Mo Salah is Aquaman in this in this scenario. I can see that. I can see. I can see his like maybe his like hair, facial hair, chest hair help propel him through the water. Maybe they act as gills. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. But did Mo Salah harm another living creature? No, absolutely not. No. No, for sure, yeah. for sure not. Um, of of the players that you've seen 
Um, you know, cause obviously they're, they're enjoying their, their vacations. They're all over the world and, uh, you know, they're posting their, most of their exploits on, on Instagram. Who do you think is enjoying their vacation the most from what you've seen? You don't see him as much. My initial thought is to say Hendo cause I saw him <laughs> again, rocking, rocking the vintages. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I uh, mean, Ox always looks like he does. Like, there's yeah. nobody that looks like they enjoy whether they're going through, like, physical therapy, whether they're like poolside and God knows where with their model girlfriend. <laughs> nobody looks like they enjoy what they do as much as Ox does. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, and Ox wasted no time in the off season actually getting straight down to business and announced via an Instagram story that he was taking the number 15 shirt since Studge had, had departed. Um, I know you kind of, I, th- I feel like you kind of have mixed feelings about this one. I got a lot of mixed feelings about it. Like if there's anybody to pass that mantle to of a player that just oozes quality, but is also, is just so likable and such a good personality. Um, Ox is there, but let Give us time to mourn, right? (laughs) Let us mourn. Let us begrudgingly move on, you know, a little bit closer to the time. And he's already talking about like, hey, if you've already bought the Ox kit from uh, from this season, I'm like, dude, Ox, nobody bought your kit yet. Like, (laughs) no offense, but, you know, we're we're thinking Sala. We're thinking Verge right now, man. We're on we're on the backs of number six and we can't wait to have you back. But, you know. Maybe you sign three kits and then you send it out there. Give give Sturridge a couple weeks. Let him finish his trip to Mexico City. Let us mourn <laughs> and then roll out the 15. Maybe do a little LFC TV thing about it. You know, make a big deal out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, he, you know, he, he didn't even wait until the body was cold before uh, <laughs> before he called it. So, <laughs> I, uh, but uh, of course, nothing but love docs. So. Yeah, nothing but love docs. Yeah, no, of course, and that's what you know. Ending that video with uh, that we've won it six times. I mean, it's there. <laughs> it's well, yeah. I mean, that's it's a good way to get back on side with the fans. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it was taken universally well because of that. So. <laughs> But yeah, Ox. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like Ox. Uh, Ox definitely is enjoying his vacation. Hendo's a good shout as well. Um, it is. I I think I think Trent probably is. Uh, he's a little less public um, than uh, than some of the the bigger names on the team. Obviously, you know, Firmino, Instagram star. Um, but but Trent, I feel like, has got to be, you know, he's the first player ever to appear in two Champions League finals um, before <laughs> at his age. Um, so <laughs> he's he's riding a pretty high wave right now, I feel like. And uh, and I'm sure he is enjoying the just the the young, <laughs> the young summer <laughs> vacation of 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 a of a. Of a European champion right now. Yeah. Between Trent, I think we haven't talked about it much, but Salah's like risque, like 
just did about 3000 crunches and then, <laughs> and then posted like sand down the abs picks. Like Sala was loving it. Like yeah. cruising by on a yacht, almost like, you know, in Forrest Gump when the big, you know, shrimp boat goes by and nobody's <laughs> on it except like Sala's there just like posing and waving. So Sala's <laughs> living his life too. But I, I can't imagine like at least those, you know, the, the gap between like, uh, I don't know, a 20 year old and a 24 year old, it, seems sizable in sports but for trent like still as young as he is maybe for gomez and some of those other players i can't even imagine right like in just as you said the past two seasons like going going beyond experiencing just you know last season was this you know really his kind of rise to find his kind of place in the 11 right in this season just becoming you know what people are saying, like the best, best, best right back in the world. And people don't even scoff at that. So for it's, it's a one season turnaround, like just over a year ago, we're talking about, do we keep Trent in after he got destroyed by Sané, which is no, you know, it's easy to get destroyed by him, but (laughs) just at this level where, where he's come defensively to is, I don't even think we had that on agenda, but you can't help but talk about what the, what Trent's done. And yeah, I can't, what is it like? Like I was, I don't know, hanging out in Muncie, Indiana at that age Yeah. <laughs> during the summer, probably taking a summer class. God knows what, but yeah, like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the man who he's, he's certainly enjoying his summer. Um, but, He's doing it in a fashion that that kind of suits him. Uh, is is Dejan Lovren? Um, <laughs> if uh, if anyone is so inclined uh, and and follows me, you'll have seen earlier today. Uh, <laughs> Dejan Lovren diving into a hotel pool um, that <laughs> is not more than than four feet deep, um, and has. He's diving from the end that has five like full length steps down into it. So he's he's dove over a hazard. I don't know if this was a a look at me type moment. <laughs> you know like when you're a kid and you're oh, at yeah. the pool and you want your parents to to watch your dive or or your cannonball or something like that like hey look like Watch, like, watch, I'm going to do something cool. <laughs> he, he ats the hotel in the video of him diving in. And the next post is him driving. <laughs> I can only assume having been kicked out. Uh, yeah. So Lovren just showing that just kind of kind of questionable decision making that that is a hallmark of his play for Liverpool as well. Yeah, like we know he's an athlete, right? <laughs> he's got physical skills. He can leap into a pool. Is it the right decision? Is it a smart decision? Probably a little rash. <laughs> Probably worthy of a red card. Gets kicked out, gets thrown out. Was it Loverin's pool, though? Was it his hotel? I mean, it could have been. Maybe it's his hotel, right? Like we said... You know, the other guys, he loves three things. I love three things. Pools have really three rules, right? <laughs> Anything you do is at your own risk. Don't be a kid 
unsupervised, and number three, no diving. So yeah. not many rules, but Levering kind of broke <laughs> the main one. The the main one, yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, as we kind of get deeper into the summer vacation, we have our we have our own plans, and uh, and <laughs> I they did not mesh. Yeah, they our timing is off. Yeah. I felt personal betrayal. I feel like this has happened at least 10 times before in yes. the past. <laughs> but I I don't know if I can point to maybe it's happened once before or maybe it hasn't happened at all. But uh, I I feel like it's you, happened a few times. Yeah, like I've got, I'm like hey, I'll be in El Paso and you're taking a trip, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, aside from my personal feelings of betrayal. <laughs> uh, what I said in our in our Twitter chat that I was ignoring you. I'm not. I'm not going to talk to you for a while right. outside of WhatsApp and the podcast, <laughs> and that I would make a point to ignore you uh, whenever I'm in El Paso, which I think I'll be <laughs> successful at. Yeah. Now, now you will. Sadly, yeah. It's a a trip out to uh, out to New York, um, followed by followed by a trip. Uh, across the pond as it were to to Rome. So yeah. yeah big a big thing. LC city. It's uh yeah, it's so <laughs> the trip to Rome is my first voluntary uh trip outside of the United States since 2011. So I'm oh. I'm pretty pretty pleased about that cuz I have yeah. not I have not chosen <laughs> To go to go abroad, uh, except except since uh, a trip to actually Barcelona in in 2011. So oh yeah. So now Rome um, for this one, and uh, and my New York Italian wife, who's never been to Italy, um, will will return to the motherland. So I thought you were about to say your New York Italian wife that's never been to New York or Italy, and that that really would have blown my mind. Um, <laughs> But, but no, that, that, yeah. that that's an awesome trip. That's yeah. an awesome trip. So, um, but yeah, so we actually leave in the morning. So, by the time anybody is hearing this, I'll already be leaving El Paso. Yeah, but for a quick, you know, not quick, but pit stop in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pit stop in New York, and I mean, I'll I'll still be like connected in Italy. Like we live in a day and age where. I'll have uh I'll have full connectivity so I'm I'll still be on the the Twitter machine etc. Um, yeah. And uh yeah, I mean a lot of lot of big things planned but um but yeah, it's Have, a, have you been time. to any of the heavy hitter New York bars for Liverpool? No, not for not for a Liverpool Boot game. Room carriers, um, okay. I haven't, which uh, is a shame. Actually, I, I I would really love to go. It my my trips out to New York now are always coinciding with like major holidays. Yeah. So it's not quite <laughs> so easy to. Uh, and with uh, my wife's family is outside of the city, so it's a it's a pretty substantial trip to get down there for a game. So most of the time, I end up just watching um, at her parents' house, but. Um, I would love to make it out because a couple of those bars in New York are just so awesome. Like seeing the videos and stuff on uh, oh yeah on social media, just yeah. the crowds that get out there are crazy, and it, it's awesome to see. 
Yeah. I think the last time we tried to make it to Carragher's, I actually woke up in a bathtub. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a, that's an on-brand, like, yeah. morning after I want to say, story, like, if you will. oh, man, <laughs> how old were you, like, you know, 23, you know, a little later, 25, 26, like, like no, nah, it's probably about 33, 34 yeah. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was a grown-ass man. I was, I yeah, fully, uh, gr- full, fully grown. <laughs> but like we said, on brand with the, the Heineken tall boys in the uh, 9.6 percentages, yeah. But speaking of that, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to something we haven't even done yet. So a shout-out yeah. to a thought. Shout, thought out, thought out. No, anyway, I'll play around with that. But so we're thinking, obviously, as part of our vacation, not our, um, I'll be attending the uh, Chicago or the Liverpool versus Dortmund friendly in South Bend, Indiana. And so with my background as, you know, Indiana born and bred, uh, somebody that has had an ex-girlfriend, Mishawaka. Indiana, just outside of South Bend, um, <laughs> a resident of Chicago. Yep. I want to team up. I want the gringos to team up with my brother to roll something out for the people. Like I know Chicago LSC will connect, like they're connecting with the Anfield Rap for an event. Yep. But I want people, like obviously I assume everybody's going to be flying into Chicago. Yep. So we'll come up with something for them. We'll come up with a little gringo guide to Chicago and we'll let you know the spots, you know, what are those kind of douchebag spots that I recommend <laughs> where chances are like you're out till 5 a.m. at the hangup and you wake up in a bathtub the next day, exactly. right? Or like what are those kind of craft like beer places, cocktail places that you and Dan would, would more likely recommend, right? right? So I feel like between the three of us, we can come up with whatever your poison is, right? We'll allow the people to pick their poison in, in an effective way. Um, but yeah, hopefully it involves, you know, the combination of my favorite combination of River Shannon, Streeters, and Hang Up, <laughs> all owned by the same people. Right. But yeah, whatever your path is, we'll, uh, we'll develop the gringo bar crawl for them. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I really like that idea, and I think it's, I think it's something we can, we can definitely get done um, before before that, before Liverpool makes its way stateside. Um, and yeah, I mean, believe it or not, we're, we're not that far away from, uh, from the preseason kicking off. Um, and it's crazy and and everything getting going once again for another season. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like I said, once July rolls around, once the preseason rolls around, that's when we'll start talking about transfers. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, <laughs> there is so much more to come uh, from Liverpool this summer. Um, it has been, I mean, this has been a pretty amazing season. It's our fifth fifth season now coming, I mean, kind of to a close. Because um, by the next time we talk, it'll kind of more so be <laughs> about next season. We shift, yeah. About next season and, and less about season five. So, uh, yeah. Review, review to preview. Yeah, so I mean, it's fitting that that Liverpool, you know, win number six, and uh, the Gringos move to to season number six. Like, season six, all in all in in one fluid motion. 
Um, so it, it's all, it's all very interconnected. And, uh, basically what I want you to, to realize is that we're responsible for much of this. Um, much of what's happening at Liverpool is, is due to the, to the gringos. So, um, just keep that in mind as you, uh, yeah. as you continue to listen. Um, <laughs> but if you guys, if you guys have enjoyed, uh, another, another episode of the episode of the two red gringos you know probably where to find us by now but if this is your first time listening um we're on itunes spotify google play spotify i know spotify holds a special place in pat's heart because it's just like and with this new spotify update it puts podcasts and music kind of right next to each other on the mobile app so i feel like an old person with all these spotify updates (laughs) but uh but yeah you can literally go straight from listening to akon to listening to the two red gringos in in a couple of uh couple of flicks of the thumb so yeah um, it is it it is pretty awesome but you get you guys can check us out there we're obviously we're on twitter facebook uh we're we're all over um for the normal banter that you'd expect um yeah, I mean do you have do you have anything to tell the people before we before we close out? We won it six times. <laughs> you can't see it, but Pat, you know, uh, cheekily <laughs> brought his glasses down. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we won it six times and uh and we will be back soon to start talking about uh season six of the two red gringos. Um, in, in a few short weeks, I think, um, after our, our summer vacation. So, um, until next time guys, uh, adios. Adios.